Welcome to Two Book Worms, one podcast, the book club podcast where best friends talk about books. I'm Cameron. And I'm Lacey. And welcome back to oh, another okay. week of reading. Yes. We thought it was spring, but it's not. <laughs> no, not yet. Not for us. Not yet. It snowed on my way to work this morning. Did it really? Yeah. Like it was very, like the little flakes, as soon as they hit my car, would melt. But like, it was so hot over here. I know it was 75 degrees yesterday and humid AF. Like it was so humid yesterday. And then today I woke up and I was like, shit, it's like 30 degrees outside. But that makes sense because my, the right side of my face is like pounding all day yesterday and today from like the pressure change. Oh, you have like sinus issues? Not usually, no, but the pressure does get me. When the weather changes suddenly, mm -mm, I can't take it. Sucks. Well, I guess we'll start with our suck and sweet. What's your suck for the week? Just like minor inconveniences, like <laughs> my preteen being a preteen, and like I shattered a hookah pipe yesterday, and oh. just <laughs> minor things. Oh, yeah, I feel that. Uh, I have a lot of things on my suck as well. It's a busy school week because next week is spring break. So yeah. I have like a test, a paper, and a project, and then like normal coursework for my other class. Um, I have a dentist appointment tomorrow. Uh, dreading it. She's like, you have like 18 cavities probably. No, you've got none. You know it. <laughs> and then we're going... Oh, we're going to our first concert Wednesday. <gasps> oh, who? It's uh Portugal the Man and Alt J. Oh. And they're requiring proof of vaccination or COVID te- negative COVID test at the door. Nice. So we felt good about that. Yeah. And there's still like plenty of tickets left. So we felt good about that. Um, I'm really nervous about it though. Like now that it's closer, I'm kind of like, Ooh. yeah, there's always that anxiety. But like Steve was like, it's no different than going to the movies, and we've been to no. the movies several times. Yeah. Fingers crossed. Um, what else has been pissing me off this week? Oh, and then Friday I have an orthodontist appointment, which so I'm getting Invisalign. I had braces as a teenager. But like every other human being, um, my teeth shifted, so and it really bothers me, so I'm getting Invisalign. So that's another dentist appointment this week. So yeah, this week sucks. <laughs> what about your sweet? What? Oh, and and I I'm back at the office. Oh, not full time. They're pretty generous. I only have to go like I basically go one day a week, and today was my day, so. That's not too bad. No, it's not too bad, but it's still a pain in the ass. But I got to see my work bestie, so that was fun. We went to Starbucks. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. What's your suite for the week? I got my carpet and couch and put it all together. Yeah, <laughs> look. So good. That couch think, yeah. matches thank that you. rug like they were made together or something. Oh, thank you. Thank you. And that's my, that was my secondary choice. My first choice was much more extensive. <laughs> and I didn't want to pay that. I like the color or the couch? Yeah. No, the color. Oh, what color did you want? 
it was so it was still like a shade in my rug. It was mm-hmm. like the goldy, sandyish color. Ooh, why would that be more? Is it the same material? It, no, it was a different material. Uh, what is yours? Um, it's like I think it's some kind of a poly blend. I is think. it washable? Yes, it's all washable. Okay, so this is the Love Stack couch that you can like rearrange and wash yes. the covers, right? Yes. Okay, yeah, add pieces over yes. time, whatever you want to do. Oh, I can't wait to sit on it. It looks so nice. It and it's crazy so because comfy. you have that same print on your rug and other rugs in your room. Yeah. And then you just ordered this one to match. But I cannot believe how good that couch matches. Like, it looks so good. I know. I took I So you can order samples through LoveSack, mm-hmm. like fabric samples. And that's what I had did previously on a few colors oh. I was looking at. And I kind of like held them against the rug in my bathroom. It works out so beautiful. (laughs) Yeah, it looks, uh, if you didn't know, if you're new, Lacey's broom is like the size of my entire apartment. So she has a living area in her room, which is so freaking badass. And it's so nice because like whenever we're chilling, we can like, we've recorded on the old couch. We've Mm -hmm. watched many movies, shows. Good times, good times. Well, I can't wait to see it. I'm excited. I'm excited. Is it comfy? Oh, it's so comfy. Ooh, has the dog got up there yet? No. She <laughs> but she did help. She came and laid in between me while I was putting together pieces and all that. So why did it take so long to like put together? Girl. <laughs> <laughs> did it come in a box or like did they, it come in? It can't. Okay, so this was like. Some of the neatest engineering I have ever seen when it comes to furniture packaging. And this is like a huge couch. What? <laughs> yeah, it's, it's huge. Pieces were like inside of the pieces, like the pillows were inside the seats and everything else. Like huh. it was so cool. But it took so long because, I mean, literally all the covers are washable and you cover every single piece. So, like, the back pieces of the couch are covered. All of the cushions are covered. Like, the bottom seats that the pillows come off of are covered. Mm. How many boxes did it come in? Twelve. Holy shit. <laughs> <laughs> did they, like, arrive all at once? Or was it, like, you got three boxes one day, a few boxes the next day? It all came the same day. But it was, like, a truck rolled up and delivered ten pieces, <laughs> which were the biggest pieces. And then, like... <laughs> Later in the day, they rolled up and dropped off two smaller boxes, which were all the covers. Oh, my gosh. That is so crazy. <laughs> I still really also want a beanbag from, from them, from Love yeah. Stack. Like, I yeah. want both. I want a couch and a beanbag. Yeah, me too, but I just don't have the room. <laughs> but I know damn well if I got a beanbag, this fucking dog is going to, yeah, like, it would think take it's over. his. Mm-hmm. I feel like, bro, this beanbag was, like, $800. Are you kidding me? <laughs> <sighs> Um, well, my sweet for the week is um, we're going to Hawaii. Oh, <gasps> when? Yeah, we're very excited. Um, so it's April of 2023. <laughs> You're going to love it. It's always off. Love it. Um, but my parents are are taking us. So they're taking the fam. Um, and obviously you can't book flights out that far. Like you can only book flights out like six months, but they've already booked mm-hmm. like the house we're staying at. So that's really cool. Where are you guys going to go? 
We are going to be on Lanai, which is like a very smaller island that's not very touristy. A lot of uh, the locals call it the um, unspoiled coast. Because okay, there's like okay, not okay. a lot. I think like the only hotel on Lanai is the Four Seasons. I don't think there's a whole lot of places like that to stay. Um, but it's really close to Maui. In fact, you I think there's like it. a ferry to Maui if I'm, if I'm reading stuff correctly. Um, and then is it Oahu? Is that an island with yeah, yeah, yeah. Honolulu well, on it? Yeah, uh-huh, uh-huh. that yeah. island's close too. And Steve and I are thinking about. Um, like using some Christmas money or something to book out like a hopper flight because we want to go to Pearl Harbor and uh, the Jurassic Park. Park. Good. It's so cool. Where did you, you go? Can, you we went all over. We went to Pearl Harbor. We went to the Jurassic Island Park. Like I, mm-hmm. I rode horseback through the Jurassic Park and all that. Like it's so cool. Yes, it's yeah. so cool. <laughs> like I surfed on the North Shore. Like we hopped over to. The North Shore is where all sharks are, Lacey. No, we were good. We went snorkeling. There was nothing there. Oh, my God. Yeah, I want to go snorkeling, too. There's a ton of, like, um, tours between Maui and Lanai that will take you snorkeling. Yeah. Yeah. (sighs) We did the reef, all the reef, too. Like, there's a witch's brew right there on the all corals. It's so cool. What's witch's brew? It's, you don't, (laughs) you don't swim there. (laughs) But it's, like, right next to where everybody snorkels. Mm-hmm. What is it? It's it's dangerous. It's like this. I can't. I don't know the exact words for it, but it like creates a swirl down in this cave. So if you happen to like fall in there, it's really hard to get out because what all the, the currents fuck? are pulling you down. Yeah, and coincidentally, it's right next to like a famous snorkeling area. <laughs> okay, you need to find out where this is and tell me because I am not going now because I will be the person to fall in. No, it's really far off from where everybody is. Like, it's roped off and everything, but it's still close enough. Oh my God, that I'm gonna if you die. get semi close, it can be a problem. Oh, shit. Hold on. I'm about to look this up. I'm about to Google this. You got me. But there's me. really cool stuff. Like, there's also, I don't know if they still do it, but there was a swap meet at the Aloha Bowl. Mm. And they sold, like, all kinds of stuff. Like, all kinds of stuff. Like, I picked up some. I don't know if you remember, I had like some, at one point I had green Hawaiian print in my car in high school. It came from Hawaii. came from that swap meet. That's cool. Like they have all kinds of shells and, you know, like the skirts and everything that they wear all to the, um, luau. Yes. <laughs> that would be cool. Yeah. I'm excited well, to do that. They're so cool. I mean, yeah, I'm excited. <sighs> like so far away but i know it'll be here y'all gonna love it so fast so yeah we're excited we're very excited so much to do so much to do and i mean we wanted to go to hawaii for our honeymoon but um london and paris was cheaper than hawaii (laughs) yeah yeah so the opportunity to get to go we're just like yeah this is it because we'll probably never Mm -hmm. be able to go ever again so we're excited um that's my suite. We already did your suite. A few things before we get started. Um, I finished Crescent City. Yes, yes, yes. <sighs> oh my God, Lacey. <laughs> you have to finish it. Like, <sighs> eventually. I will eventually. 
One of our good bookstagram friends, um, Jess from Jess Good. Oh, hold on. Let me make sure I get her name right. <laughs> her Insta name. She is blowing up on, on bookstagram. Ooh, good for her, girl. Yeah. Good reads and stuff. She is the one that kept saying, you have to finish it. I promise. It's so good. It's like a movie. You have to finish it. You have to finish it. You have to finish it. And she like, so when the second Crescent City came out, she was posting like multiple times a day and everyone on Bookstagram was talking about it. So I was really like feeling left out. And I was like, God, why does everyone love this book that I hated so much? I didn't hate it, but I just didn't enjoy it. So I was like, you know what? I'm going to do it. I'm just going to finish it. So I picked up like right where I left off, which was like page 400 or something. And at about page 600, it's just like, that's when the movie starts. And you're like, holy shit. And so much stuff happens, Lacey. And it's like, oh, my heart and my soul. And I love that the basic, like, foundation of the story is, is about friendship. It's not about, like, love or anything like that. You ha- you just have to finish it. It's like, it it really will blow your mind, I promise you. It's not as good as Akatar. I'm not ever going to say that it's as good because the, that series was just amazing. But it yeah. is pretty close. Pretty close. I mean, the the last 200 pages are just like, this is the Sarah J. Moss that I was expecting. And I think you just needed all that stuff before it to, like, get this world straight in your mind. Because there's a lot that, like, like that's why I needed to know this. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Just finish it. You'll like it. You'll like it. Um, I'll try. I'll try. <laughs> Okay, that's all I have. So now we can talk about The Maid, which was our listener's book. Jess, she is at Must Love Books 94, picked this. And overall, what did you think? This is a very good pick. It was entertaining. It was very, it's a whodunit. Uh huh. With mm-hmm. some other things layered in. So you I guys. You give them a synopsis, and I'll pull up the questions. So we follow the point of view of Molly. She's a maid at this high-end motel. She's not ordinary. (laughs) She tends to blurt out things, Mm -hmm. um, pay very close attention to detail. She cleans like a maniac. She's literal. Like, like she she doesn't interpret Yeah, she doesn't interpret expressions very well or sayings, like, mm-hmm. you know. Um, but she finds herself in a little situation when she mm-hmm. becomes friends with one of the hotel guests' wives and mm-hmm. the bartender. Mm-hmm. So we'll go from there. Yep, so... Like Lacey said, it follows Molly. Um, she's been raised by her grandmother. Mm-hmm. so she's very like old world like the way she talks people are like wow you talk like an old lady that <laughs> she was raised by an old lady and uh her grandmother is like a maid for like a lot of rich people mm-hmm. so they're very like prim and proper and very like man like she's all about manners and things like that and routine and like she loves her job being a maid like she describes how much she loves it and why she loves it and what she loves about it um so, with the questions, these are a mix of Oprah's book club questions and our own. What was your favorite part of the book? 
Oh. Already Probably. <laughs> yeah, but, I mean, because there wasn't, like, just one outstanding, extraordinary thing for me. It was just kind of the buildup of everything. Um, I would probably have to say the difference in point of view with Molly. Just her attention to detail, I think, just added to the whole whodunit effect. Yeah. Like, because she, throughout things occurring in this book, Molly's continually replaying scenes in her head that have led up to points along the story. So, like, at one point, she finds this hotel guest, Mr. Black, dead in bed. Mm -hmm. And she gets called down to the police station to ask questions. And detective asks her a question and like molly like replays the whole day in her head with so Mm -hmm. many details that Mm -hmm. it's ridiculous yeah um i think my favorite part of the book was it is very funny there are a lot of funny parts yes there are i really like that um what was your least favorite part of the book i kind of did see something coming or at Mm. least i saw I didn't necessarily see what was coming, but I saw who was involved, mm-hmm. like, way beforehand, just by a couple sentences. Like, the Rolex and the black eye? Well, and after Molly was asked by the dead man's wife to move a gun for mm-hmm. her, mm-hmm. Rodney, mm-hmm. which is the bartender, is having a conversation with Molly, and he says something like jumping the gun or gun shy. Mm-hmm. And it was like right after she was asked to move the gun. And there was some other red flags because he took her out like on one, one date like a year ago. Yeah. And she's still, Molly's still pining after him, and he's acting, you know, so aloof until he needs information. And you can just see things adding up. I feel like I need to come back to these questions because my favorite part was there's a few twists where you're like, whoa, there are. Mm -hmm. But then my least favorite part was that. We're going to have to come. I don't want to. I don't want to say it yet. We're going to have to come back to that. And I'm going to try really hard not to forget to come back to that. Um, (laughs) There was one thing I wrote down on page nine. Let me see what I what I put here, page nine. Something about loving your job, it says. Gran used to say, if you love your job, you'll never work a day in your life. And she's right. Every day of work is a joy to me. I was born to do this job. I love cleaning. I love my mage trolley. And I love my uniform. I envy anyone that loves their job. Yeah. Because, like, they Most have definitely. found their passion. And I do not have that. No. <laughs> No, like, I, have I, don't even passion. Know where, I don't even know where to find that right, right. now. <laughs> but I would love to have a passion that, like, makes money. Um, yeah, so I, I envy them. Um, was it a fast or slow read and why? I thought it was a really fast read. Yeah, I agree. It's um, so much happening, you just, like, can't stop. Yeah, exactly. I went and got a pedicure Saturday. Because I, you know, it was 75 degrees outside and I was like, okay, it's time. <laughs> so I went got a pedicure and I took this book with me and I think I read like 150, 180 pages just like get in the pedicure. Yeah, and it doesn't even seem like it. Uh-uh. Because everything just flows. 
Yeah. And I was just like, oh, wow, I just read like more than half of this book. Um, that was fun. It was, it was also a very nice pedicure. I really missed that. <laughs> Which event scene or character has stuck with you the most? Okay. <laughs> okay. So this might be your least favorite part. I don't know. I don't know. Cause it's towards the end. <laughs> you want to save it? <laughs> like, I mean, we got to get there eventually. So Molly's grandmother, you find out, mm. has died nine months prior to all these events that occur. Mm-hmm. And she has pancreatic cancer. Mm-hmm. Well, she doesn't want to do treatments or anything like that. So she before you before just, you go there, like all throughout the book. So I mean, it starts out like a normal day in the life. Like she's going to work, she's cleaning her room, da da da. Then she's she finds Mr. Black dead, and Mr. Black is like, okay, first of all, does it say where this book takes place? I think it's, it's England, isn't it? Okay, because some things were making me think England, and then some things were making me think New York, and I don't think it says. But the fact that they go to the Olive Garden so much, like it's got to be America. There's no yeah, Olive Garden. So he's whatever city they're in, he's like big time, like real estate mogul, right? Very rich, but he travels a lot and he comes to this hotel a lot. He comes to this hotel so often, like Lacey said, Molly has formed a relationship with Giselle, his new wife that's like half his age. Mm-hmm. Um, and like, I guess because this girl is so lonely when Molly's in there, it's like someone to talk to, someone to confide in. So Molly's kind of gone like above and beyond for this woman. Like she's gone to run an errand for her or you know, just talk to her, like, whatever. So that's, like, what the first part of the book is about. And then she finds Mr. Black dead. And she, like, checks his pulse. She's like, okay, there's, like, he's dead. So she calls down to reception. Of course, she gets questioned. That's, like, protocol. She goes home, right? And then I don't remember. I guess it's when Giselle shows up at her place and is like, hey, I left a gun in the fan of the bathroom. I need you to get it out for me, which... He didn't die by, like, a gunshot, so I would also be like, yeah, okay, you're my friend, and I'll, like, Molly, it's, like, her only friend, and Molly says that. Molly says it's, like, her best friend. Mm -hmm. So she's like, okay, well, I'll get it out for you, and she hides it in her vacuum. And then she's also having financial trouble because, like Lacey has said, her grandmother has passed away. She gets pawned by this man. Oh, (laughs) yes, I forgot about that. The grandma had been, like, saving all of this money to send Molly to college for, like, hotel administration. And this man sees her putting in her pen one day, and it's her boyfriend, and steals her debit card and take, clears out their account. And she never told her grandma that. She, like, couldn't bear to tell her grandma that. So then her grandma dies, which the whole book we're assuming, like, pancreatic cancer. Okay. Um, and she doesn't have this money that she, that was supposed to set her up. So she's having a hard time paying the bills. The landlord's like, hey, the rent's due, the rent's due. Well, while she goes to look for the gun, she finds Mr. Black's wedding ring on the ground. And, of course, it's, like, diamond encrusted. And she's like, well, finders keepers. I need to pay rent. So her dumbass goes to pawn it. <sighs> like, it's a dead man's ring. You know they're going to be on the lookout for that shit. Yeah. So she goes to pawn it, and it sounds like she doesn't even get that much money for it. Like she only gets enough for that one month rent, which is. I know, and it mentions earlier in the book that rent's only like eight hundred dollars. Eighteen hundred. I thought it was eight hundred. I thought it was eighteen hundred. Because I know that ring's probably worth like twenty five grand. 
Like, bitch, you got yeah, ripped off. Yeah, it should be, but that's why I thought it was weird, because I could have swore that it was only, like, 800 for their apartment, because it's a shoddy-ass apartment. Yes. But it's also a two-bedroom. True. In a big city. True. So, as soon as she gets back from pawning this ring, the police are waiting there. And they're like, you're under the, you're under arrest for his murder. And she's like, what the fuck? And was it when she came back from pawning the ring that they were waiting for her? Yes, because Cheryl followed her. Okay. Because Rodney suggested that she do. Chernobyl's a fucking bitch. I would clothesline her. She's like the head maid and she goes in and like, oh, I'm going to help you clean your room, but she steals the tips. And, like, Molly's already having a hard time paying her rent. I mean, if this bitch was doing this to me, I would have ended her. Yeah. I'd have, like, I don't know, I'd have done something passive-aggressive, but, like, also petty. (laughs) Yes. So they take her down and question her again, but they can't hold her because, like, they really don't have anything. So that's when she goes home, and she calls Rodney, the bartender, who, like Lacey said, they went on a date one year ago. And there's also this dishwasher named Juan Manuel, who, um, it's very convoluted, but basically Rodney was like, hey, Juan Manuel's work visa has run out and he's here illegally and he doesn't have a place to live. So can you like find out what room's going to be empty tonight so he can stay in it? Cause otherwise he's going to be homeless. And she's like, oh my God, yes. So, I mean, she's been doing this for like a year, right? Mm hmm. So she's giving him a room every night. Well, then, like like Lacey said, Molly will be cleaning something, and you'll get these flashbacks. Which, at first, I'm like, holy shit, this is a flashback. You, it, like, There's no warning that it's coming, but it's written so well, and it flows so well, you're but like, you don't okay, even yeah. Mind. yeah. You don't even mind. And it's all vital information. So during a flashback, you find out that she walked in on what is clearly a drug deal. Oh, absolutely. And these sketchy guys and Juan Manuel. And what Juan Manuel is really doing is cutting coke. Because Rodney is like running this fucking drug ring through this hotel. And that's what they need these rooms for. But but Molly is just so like oblivious to that. And she's just like, oh, there's this white powder. Okay, let me vacuum it up. Who ate donuts in here? Yeah. 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 <laughs> stuff like that. Um, so when she calls Rodney for help, he's like, don't worry about it. I'll take care of everything. No, he fucking calls the police and they come and arrest her. Um, totally. Okay. So now go with what you were going to say during another flashback about her grandmother. All this time you think she's like died from pancreatic cancer. Yeah. Cause like in this one scene is like at the end of the book, like you find out she has pancreatic cancer, but she doesn't want treatment. So she gets pain pills prescribed and you know, she's just living out her last days. Well, Apparently, her and Molly had agreed upon something mm-hmm. when they discussed that this is how her grandmother wanted to go. And the day comes, and she only has, like, four pain pills, and it's not enough. And Molly essentially has to smother her grandmother. Mm-hmm. So she gives her all the pills in her tea to kind of, like, calm her down. And then she smothers her to death, and that's how she died. And you're like, all the while, before you get to this part, it's been like, She's innocent of because she never killed Mr. Black. She didn't kill Mr. Black. And then you're like, holy shit, she killed her grandmother. She's yeah. like capable of murder. But I mean, yeah, it's a it's a it's a tough situation. Like, it is suffering. A, her grandmother very gray area, very uh, gray. But it just I think it shows 
what she's capable of in that mm-hmm. moment. And you're like, mm-hmm. oh, shit, did she kill Mr. Black? Yeah. What the hell? Um, so yeah, it gets pretty crazy. Um, I mean, you do find out though. So that <laughs> scene is what stuck with you the most? Yeah, cause I didn't see that coming. Yeah, I didn't, <laughs> I didn't see it coming either. Um, I think the scene that stuck with me the most, this is so stupid. They're at Olive Garden and the waitress, like, she takes their order and she's like, would you like your free salad and garlic bread? And he's like, no. And Molly's like, well, damn, I really wanted it. First of all, they don't ask you. They just no, they just bring it. And they don't call it free. They're just like, do you want your garlic bread and salad? Like, <laughs> they don't just say, oh, do you want your free garlic bread and salad? <laughs> they just bring that shit. Like, as soon as you sit down and they bring your water, they bring you some bread. And then they're like, what? I don't even think they ask you what kind of salad. They just bring it. and then No, they, they just bring it because there's eat. no choice. <laughs> like, the salad is the best part about Olive Garden. Yeah. If I was Molly and Ronnie would have said no, I'd have been like, I would have oh, interjected myself. It, I'd be like, oh, yes, we do. <laughs> exactly. Bring that bread and salad, bitch, and don't let it get empty. Damn. This book made me want Olive Garden so freaking bad. Like, <laughs> oh, I'm craving it. My mouth watering just thinking about that salad. So good. Would oh wait, I skipped the question. What did you think of the writing? Are there any stand that stand out sentences or vocabulary? Oh my god, so much. <laughs> so we've already said the writing flowed and all that, but I mean, I have notes for like three words. I had to look up because I didn't know what they were. Oh shit. Okay, what were they? How did I miss that? So. I'm I'm on the Kindle version, so obviously my page numbers are gonna vary. But in chapter one, page eight, um, there's a word olfactory, hmm. and she's talking about the smell. Oh, uh, let me tell you exactly what the definition of olfactory is, in case anybody was wondering. I'm like looking for it as we speak. It is relating to the sense of smell. She uses it as. Hmm. But perhaps my favorite part of the lobby is the olfactory sensation. That first redolent breath. Okay. So that's one. That's a good one. Let me go back to my notes. I wonder if that's like an old timey word, you know what I mean? I think think so. Because it it did say like 17th century later on down in the Mm -hmm. definition. Um, Infelicities, chapter 2, page 27, is another one. That is (laughs) (laughs) uh, a thing that is inappropriate, especially a remark or expression. And it was used as whenever I notice such infelicities, I address them immediately. Okay. And then the third that I found... was chapter 14 page 148 deleterious oh my god you're finding all these friends because <laughs> I didn't know what they were I had to look at them <laughs> one, so I highlighted them <laughs> oh I see it it's my deception not hunger that's having a deleterious effect on my nerves yes it's the fact that I haven't disclosed fully about Giselle, nor about what I currently have hidden over my heart. That's what has me in such a state. And it is causing harm or damage. Okay. All right. 
Yeah, so that's how Molly speaks. I mean, just like very educated and old world, like Edward Cullen shit. Mm-hmm. Like she's from another time or something. I've also got quotes, but go for it. We want to get in those too. Okay, chapter two and page twenty-two. Never ask what a gentleman did or didn't do. If he's a true gentleman, he did it with a good cause. And if he's a true gentleman, he'll never tell. Mm. And then there's also chapter five, page 56. It's her cleaning schedule that her and her grandmother had. Oh, I love I, that. I thought it was a good idea. So Mondays is floors and chores. Mm-hmm. Tuesdays is deep cleaning to give meaning. Mm-hmm. Wednesday is bath and kitchen. Thursday, dust we must. Friday, wash and dry day. Saturday is a wild card. And Sunday is shop and chop. Yeah, I like that. I should start doing that too. And then the last quote is chapter 14, page 149. This one's a little longer. Let me take a sip. Let me take a sip. <laughs> Wet the old whistle. <laughs> That's the trouble with pain. It's as contagious as a disease. It spreads from the person who first endured it to those who love them the most. Truth isn't always the highest ideal. Sometimes it must be sacrificed to stop the spread of pain to those you love. Even children know this intuitively. That's a good one. There's a lot of good ones. She's a good there writer. Is. She I is like a her very writing. good writer. Um, yeah, basically, as far as like what I thought of the writing, that it flowed. After a while, I didn't even really care about the flashbacks. I was just no. like... This is obviously needed, so I'm going to take it. Um, And it became kind of second nature. Yes. Would you want to read another book by this author? Yes. Me too. Did reading the book impact your mood? I mean, I was very curious. I just kept wanting to go, just like, just figure out who did it. Yeah, me too. Me too. Um, What surprised you most about the book? Mm Mm-hmm. There's a few things. So as this is like going on, she is, you know, has been accused of this murder. She's out on bail. The, is he the doorman, Mr. Preston? Is that, is that title? He was like an old friend of her grandmother's that got (laughs) Molly the job at the hotel. And he's always kind of looked out for her. And now that her grandmother has died, she like didn't know who else to call. So she calls him. And he is always talking, like, every time they would exchange pleasantries, he's like, you know, my daughter's a lawyer. I'm so proud of her because, you know, I'm like a like a working man. And here she is, like, in this white-collar profession, just very successful. I'm so proud of her. So she calls him, and he's like he, – he, so he gets his daughter, like, on it. And his daughter bails her out because at one point while she's being questioned – She's like, no, I want my lawyer. Like, cause she watches a lot of Columbo, which I don't know what that is, but it sounds like some kind of police show or something. Mm-hmm. Like an old person. <laughs> Probably something my grandma used to watch. And, uh, so she calls her a lawyer. Mr. Preston and his daughter show up. They get her out. Um, apparently his daughter is like very well known because at her bail hearing, the judge is like, oh, you've got friends in very high places. Da, da, da. So they get her out and the lawyer just immediately goes to work. She's like, we need to write down everything. She's being accused of smothering Mr. Black, which is crazy 
because that's exactly what she did to her grandmother. <laughs> so she yeah. has done what she has been accused of, just not to that person. Hmm. I thought that was very clever. I did too. Um, so they're saying that basically she like was in cahoots with Giselle. She like tips off Giselle because she still come to find out Giselle and Rodney are banging, right? Um, there are hints with Rodney at the very beginning. She has to go see him every day to pick up the newspapers to put in the rooms that she's cleaning. Rodney's wearing a Rolex and she makes a note of that. She's like, it's very odd that a bartender, like he must be making some pretty good money bartending. Cause I know, like I know how much Rolex I totally costs. forgot about that. That was what tipped me off to him at the, in the first place. Then like the next day he has a black eye and you're like, huh, he's in some, he's into some shit. So come to find out, um, yeah, Rodney's running the drug ring. It looks like him and Giselle are in it together because Charlotte, the lawyer, has uncovered this photo of Rodney and Giselle kissing. So it appears that Rodney and Giselle have masterminded this and have used Molly as the the person to blame, right? But for some reason, Molly doesn't believe Giselle like had anything to do with it. She's a good egg. She uses good egg and bad egg a lot. And Rodney's a bad egg. But she thinks Giselle's a good egg that just got wrapped up in some ugliness. So she tips off Giselle. So Giselle's able to leave the country. And um, it, this is kind of where it gets a little convoluted because the lawyer's like, well, we got to prove Rodney did this, so let's, like, make this plan. So they get, like, Juan Manuel to come. And he's like, yeah, you know, they're basically, like, he has these burn marks on his arms. He's like, they're basically, basically forcing me to do this, to do this. They threaten my family. Mr. Black is basically like the kingpin. He's the one like running the shipments of the drugs and then Rodney's like cutting it and distributing it, whatever. Um, so I think what surprised me most about the book is all like they their plan is successful they're able to show that rodney was responsible for this you know he's in the he's in the drugs he killed mr black and then you come to find out at the end that someone else killed mr black um because all of a sudden molly remembers when she went in the room initially to check on him to like when she found him dead and she fainted she saw someone in the mirror standing there holding a pillow. And she says that at the court case of Rodney. And she doesn't say who. She just said, it took me like a long time to remember that I did see someone standing there. That's why there were only three pillows on the bed when our standard is four. So he gets like put away, right? Well, then mm-hmm. like in the epilogue, there's this whole scene that she has apparently remembered the whole fucking time where it's really the first Mrs. Black. And she killed them. And Molly helped her cover it yeah. up. And I'm like, yeah. I didn't like that. I didn't, I didn't, it's not that I didn't like who it was. I didn't like how we got there. No, because, because all this, well, this oriented. whole time, Molly's, yeah, Molly's been like truthful and, and like my grandma wouldn't approve of this. And like yes. the whole time she passes it off as covering up that it is Rodney. Yes. And she's so detail oriented. She would like, that would not slip her mind or you know what I mean? Like it it wasn't a character for her. And I did not like that. No. Yeah. Um, there was also, yeah, that's what surprised me most about the book. How did your opinion of the book change when you reached the ending? That. I mean, uh, I I still (laughs) liked it. Like I didn't see everything 
coming at me. So I still enjoyed it. Yes. I agree. I just didn't like that it was. It took so much time at the beginning and it was so fast at the end. Yeah. How does the book title work in relation to the book's content? It works. Yep. Is it overrated or underrated? What's it on Goodreads? It is 3.96. I think it's under. I think it's over. What would you give it? I think I'd give it a four because I didn't see a lot of it coming like I usually would. That is true. That is a very good point. There were a lot of things that you were like, okay. Yeah. I would say 3.5. Did this book remind you of any other books? No, not really. As far as like a whodunit, it has major clue vibes. Yeah. Which is like a movie you and I watched like 800 times. Yeah. Love it still. <laughs> how, did, how did it impact you? Do you think you'll remember it in a few months or years? Um, I mean, I think it's like the rest of them. I'm not going to remember it unless I ever read it again. Oh. Any lingering questions or plot holes? Yes. What? So. What Mr. Preston mm-hmm. goes on this story about how she's like, how did you know my grandmother? And he's like, oh, um, she was like a friend. She was like with your grandfather was my friend or something. And she got pregnant when she was young and her parents like didn't approve. But then he kind of says some shit like, is he her grandfather? Yes. Okay. And he was engaged with her grandmother and they her parents didn't approve. And she's like, well, you know, they made the assumption that he's her grandfather and he didn't really say. Like, they kind of danced around it, but he is. Like, okay, but like oh, no, my friend, like, she hooked up with my friend. No, she hooked up with him. Okay, but you're just going to leave her pregnant when her parents don't approve and marry some other bitch? And then she's still going to be, they're still going to be your friend. No, I'm not going to be your fucking friend for 30 fucking years after you done knocked me up and left my ass. And now I there might have been more to it because he kind of danced around a bunch of it. So I think there's like a whole other backstory. But I would have liked it because, I mean, yeah, if that's her grandfather, she ought to know. <laughs> yes. And then his daughter is even like, Dad, do you have something you need to tell me? And he's like, yeah. no. He's like, that's a conversation for a different day. And it's like, and no, like, we need this conversation now. <laughs> and Molly doesn't get it because she, like, she doesn't get things literal. like that. Yes, no. she's very, yes, she's very literal. So she's just like, oh, okay. So yeah, um, I didn't like that. Another plot hole. When Molly is testifying at Rodney's trial, she's being questioned by Charlotte, who was her lawyer. But like, she wouldn't be questioned by her own lawyer. She would be questioned by the prosecutor and Rodney's lawyer. So I'm like, why is Charlotte even here? But she, you know, in movies are questioned by both lawyers. But, and, but Charlotte was she was questioned. She, I know, but she was questioned by both lawyers. Charlotte started, and then it said that Rodney's lawyer stepped up. But like Charlotte's not the like Charlotte shouldn't even be there. Like she's not the prosecutor. I know. Always not on trial. They do the same. They do the same thing in movies, and I've always wondered that too. That's stupid. I know. That's so stupid. Like, I'm pretty sure you don't get to be like, oh, I want my own lawyer to question me on no. the stand. Thing. No. Um, Molly also gets like a rando $10,000 deposit one day. 
because it looks like Giselle's back on her feet. So do you think Giselle was innocent? Do you think she, because she said that, like, she wasn't working in the drugs. No, I think, I think she probably has some kind of understanding with the first Mrs. Black. Um, yeah, because there's no way she would just let the first Mrs. Black in their suite, you know. Oh, Oh, yeah, just come in. Because she was there. Giselle was there. She was in the bathroom. Yeah. Hmm, good point. So, yeah, that's pretty much it. That's how it ends, where you're just like, mm-hmm. where it's like you get an epilogue. So Molly ends up with Juan Manuel, because um, he basically, Charlotte gets him immunity for testifying against Rodney. So he needs a place to stay. And Molly's like, oh, well, you can stay here, which they're cute because he's very, like, he likes to clean too. So, like, as soon as it started saying, I was like, oh, this is Molly's soulmate. Yeah, like, he started cleaning. She has, Molly has this habit of when she comes mm-hmm. home, like, she takes her shoes off, wipes them down with a cloth, and puts them mm-hmm. in the closet. Like, he did this without mm-hmm. her even saying anything. He saw her do it once, and so he did it every time. She's like, you don't have to do that. And he's like, no, I, I have to. Like, Molly's very OCD, and it looks like Juan Manuel is very OCD as well. It's cute. It's it is cute. very cute. They're sweet. Uh, they are very sweet. So... The Jess, the person who picked this book, I have her review. So she said, who killed Mr. Black? Was it the bartender, the dishwasher, maid supervisor, the maid, or the second wife? Read all 285 pages to find out what Molly has gotten herself into. While on her normal cleaning rotation, Molly finds Mr. Black dead and is thrown into the chaos of an investigation. Told from Molly's perspective, you get a true insight into all the shenanigans going on at the Regency Grand. Still coping with the loss of her grandmother, Molly is solely focused on cleaning. She is very meticulous and thorough in every room. Rusty's dreaming, and I don't know if you can hear him barking. He's dreaming. I could just barely hear him. (laughs) Oh, he just woke up. Were you running in your dream? (laughs) Back to the squirrel, Mom. Yeah, he was chasing the squirrel. She takes great pride in cleaning rooms to perfection because she says that a lot. She's like, are you ready for me to return your room to a state of perfection? Oh, yes. So <laughs> weird. I like Molly as the narrator of the story. She is very direct and honest, which can turn out to be a bad thing if you say too much. Sometimes I wish she would just not say anything at yeah, all. Yeah, yeah. There were quite a few times I found myself saying, no, Molly, like don't give more <laughs> info than is necessary. Without giving too much away, this reminded me a lot of Clue, a modern take on a whodunit crime. There were several people it could have been. As the story progressed, I found myself writing down possible motives for each person. Makes for an interesting story and web to unweave. Overall, I'd rate this book four stars. That's a good idea to write that down. Hmm, I should start doing that. That's smart. A little character profile, that's cool. Yeah. Well, Jess, this was a good read. Thank you for picking it. it it was very enjoyable um yeah overall i would rec- like if someone was like hey i need like a good mystery i'd be like hey you should try this one because it's very different yeah mm-hmm. like with all the humor that's infused in it and, and it's like, not what- very obvious no it's not and i like how it takes you down different paths and like there's different people that have different motives like i really mm-hmm. like that. Mm-hmm. that so that was fun um i have one other review this is from at Danny All Reads. 
who, fun fact, um, I'm so stupid sometimes. Like, I don't put things together. Um, Danny All Reads is one half of another book podcast called Booze and Reviewed Podcast. And they actually read reminders of him for February. (laughs) (laughs) So I'm going to have to listen to that episode. So shout out um, to the host. So Danny All Reads, their review, four stars. So can I be friends with Molly? (laughs) I really enjoyed this book. Cozy mysteries are such a great change of pace for someone like me who consumes thrillers on a regular basis. My favorite thing about the maid is the main character, Molly. Her point of view is extremely unique. Her way of thinking and seeing is like nothing I've ever read before. I loved how different this mystery read solely because of her perspective. There are many lessons to be taken from sweet Molly and her grand, but my favorite has to be everything will be okay in the end. If it's not okay, it's not the end. I'm so happy that I got to experience this mystery with my overbooked randos and a buddy read with three of my favorite nerds. Nita Prose created a super sweet story that will make your heart happy and open your eyes to being more accepting to those around you. Basically, to sum it up, Molly is the best protagonist and deserves endless, endless amounts of love and pasta. Highly recommend if you like a unique main character, cozy mysteries, underdog story, something light to make you smile, and the tour of Italy at all. (laughs) (laughs) I'm telling you, this book will make you want some freaking Olive Garden. But yes, I I do agree that I did also like Molly's perspective because it yes, is a very, very different much. type of perspective, mm-hmm. and I, I enjoyed that as well. It reminded me of um oh, there's another book that's very very famous. It's like something Oliphant. Eleanor Oliphant is completely fine. Eleanor and Molly share a lot of the same characteristics. And they kind of view life the same way. So you're, so it's very like comical. I think if you like the maid, you would like that book as well. Um, so that's the maid. Any last thoughts that we, oh, I do have, I asked, see, I'd be forgetting shit. I asked our, um, listeners, cause you know, Molly found this dead body while she was at work. Mm-hmm. So I asked, uh, like, what's the weirdest thing you've ever found at work? And someone replied, a stripper. Oh. And I was like, um, I need more information. And yeah. <laughs> they said, uh, I think I screenshotted. Let me find the screenshots. Because I was just like, what? <laughs> yes. A stripper laughed my ass off. My former boss hired a stripper straight from a strip club for a sales role and told no one about it. And she just showed up at the office. And everyone was like, who are you? And I was like, did she wear work clothes? And she was like, no, she wore yoga pants. (laughs) So we all know what the boss was doing the night before. He was at the fucking strip club. (laughs) And, uh, yeah, that is so good. Can you imagine going into work and everyone's like, who the fuck is this chick? And they're like, oh, it's just for her that the boss hired last night. (laughs) Oh, poor girl. Good for him because he's like, they probably had a conversation and she's like, I need a job. And he's like, I got you. But like yoga pants. Sure. Yeah. Um, I have a funny story about something I found crazy at work. Do you have anything crazy you found at work? I don't think so. I don't ever like, I don't remember I've, that I've found anything super crazy. Okay. So mine is not something that I directly found, 
but someone told us to, and we found it. So I used to work at a dental office and this person is not a patient. So I am not breaking any HIPAA laws, any rules. I'm not sharing any patient information. It was a Saturday and I was working the front desk and this person comes in and I was like, Oh, how, you know, how may I help you? And he's like, this is going to sound absolutely crazy. But my girlfriend and I got in a fight last night, and she threw my cell phone on top of your roof. And I was wondering if I could go get it. And I'm like, what the <laughs> So the owner was not there that day because it was a Saturday. And I'm like, and I'm not about to tell this dude we have cameras everywhere because we had cameras everywhere. And I was like, oh, well, I just basically played very clueless. I was like, you know, the owner's not here. Let, and I also am not going to tell him who the owner is. Like, I'm very vague. And I'm like, let me go see if I can get in touch with my manager who can contact the owner. Um, because, like, I don't have a ladder or anything. Mm-hmm. And he's like, and, and the building that we were in was a very, you've been there. You know how, like, yes, feasibly, someone could throw something up there. Right? Oh, yeah, easily. So I go call the owner. And he's, like, at his kid's soccer game. And he's like, what? And I'm like, dude. This is what I'm fucking dealing with. Dude is here telling me his cell phone is up there. And he's like, well, we, we were having some work done on the building next to us. So there actually was a ladder there. And I was like, I told my boss, I was like, sir, I am not about to climb up on this fucking roof. And it sounds sketchy. Like, and it was during the summer. And I think people can like steal like copper or something out of your air yeah. conditioning. And our air conditioners were up on the roof. And I'm like, this sounds sketchy. And he's like, I agree. I think this dude's trying to steal some shit. So the doctor that was working that day was a man. And because I also said, like, I don't feel comfortable going up there with him because he's like, he's a man and I'm a woman. And like, he was going to hear me scream up there. And he was like, um, well, go ask Dr. So-and-so. Go ask him to, to like call me when he's done. So I, I told the man, I was like, hey. Here's the situation. I'm trying to get a hold of the owner. I can't do anything right now. He's like, I completely understand. He's like, is it okay if I just wait? I was like, yeah, that's fine. So when the doctor that's working is done with his patient, I was like, hey, uh, boss man wants to talk to you. So he's like, hey, can you go on the roof with this dude and just like get him the fuck out of there and see like if there's a phone up there? And he's like, um, okay, I guess. <laughs> so I told the doctor that went up there with him. I was like, hey put your cell phone in your pocket and like call me. And then like, if you need me, say help so I can call 911. Yeah. <laughs> like, okay. So they go up there and there's a fucking cell phone up there. So it's obviously the dude, right? Like it has to be. So we give him yeah. a cell phone. It's all done. He's like, thank you so much. I'm so sorry. I know this is crazy. Thank you so much. I like, you know, I, I really appreciate it. Okay. Done. So that Monday when everyone's back in the office, the boss reviews the cameras, right? Right. And he's like, hey, come back here for a minute. I'm like, okay. And he shows up the video. He's like, is this the dude that came in here Saturday? And I was like, yes. And that dude, that dude threw the phone up there. Why would he do that? He told me his girlfriend did it. We think it was like his girlfriend's phone and he did it. And he didn't want to be like, hey, I threw my girlfriend's phone up there. So he was just like, oh, my crazy girlfriend threw my phone up. Like, you know what I mean? Oh, she told him, like, you better go get my Exactly. Yeah, okay. Exactly. So, like, sure. we called the police because it's still a sketchy story. And we, like, yeah. get the tape and everything. But nothing ever came of it. But it was just so fucking crazy <laughs> for someone to walk into, like, a professional dental office and be like, hey, you don't know me, but this bitch threw my phone on your roof. <laughs> yeah. 
so fucking funny. So yeah, that's the craziest thing I ever found at work. Um, well, that's the end of the maid. The next book is my selection, and I have not even told Lacey yet because I really wanted her honest reaction. It's a book I've been wanting to read for a while, and I even told book bandit Kelly. We had talked about it a few months ago, but it was like Christmas, and then it was like Valentine's Day, so I never felt like it was a good time to read it. But it's finally time. What is that? Do you have any guesses? No. I really think you're going to be surprised. It's a very popular book. Um, it's a very old book. It is Interview with the Vampire by Anne. Uh, Have you read it? No. Okay. So I've been working on getting the series because I've always wanted to read it. And like we go to these half price book sales every mm-hmm. year and I've been able to find like a bunch of the books, mm-hmm. but I haven't found all of them to start reading it yet. Well, but it now, is on my list. Time. I put it on my Amazon list. <laughs> you better go ahead and order it. <laughs> so I have the first one that I bought at the plantation that the movie was filmed at because I went on a tour. And then I found the second one at a bookstore when we were in Boulder a few months ago. So kind of like you, I've just been collecting them. Like every time I go to half price, I look for them. Mm-hmm. That kind of thing. So I'm pumped to finally read this shit. Um, Me too. Me too. I've ha- I've owned this book like no joke. It just came up in my time hop because I was in Louisiana for Mardi Gras like ten years ago, and like I, that's how long I've had this fucking book <laughs> and never read it. So we're finally doing it. Two weeks from today, we're gonna read Interview with the Vampire by Anne Rice. You, this should be a very easy book to find a copy of. So a used bookstore's gonna have it. Amazon's gonna have it. Barnes and Noble's gonna have it. It's on the Kindle app. Grab your coffee, read along, send us your reviews, thoughts, questions, pictures. Two bookworms, one podcast at gmail.com. Or on Instagram at two bookworms, one podcast. That's all I got. Bye. Bye. Little, say bye. Yeah.